Somebody said okay. Mike Pence looking like every dude in the known history of the universe when confronted by his girl over discrepancies in his story. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, kick okay. <laughs> kick this off. I You're listening to the Strange Fruit Podcast, where we discuss topics that deal with black lives on a day-to-day basis. You know the things that you want to say, but you can't say? Well, that's what we're here for. Be sure to check out our Facebook page, the Strange Fruit Podcast Facebook page. Welcome to the Where Do We Begin episode of the Strange Fruit Podcast. The podcast so potent, we are drinking before the show and during the show. <laughs> I, myself, am partaking <laughs> in the Abita Strawberry Lager. Hopefully they will become a sponsor due to that mention. <laughs> also with me are my co-hosts. Nikki Brooks and I'm on that Stella Rosa. It ain't strong enough for tonight. <laughs> Man, and this is Bishop Green. I just found out I make beer, make y'all. Mary. Blood orange. <laughs> I didn't got the Trump drink. Crackberry in the house. Orange, orange. <laughs> crackberry. Blood Ooh. orange. Man, y'all, I don't know. We just watched this uh, Senator Harris, Kamala Harris uh, debate with, with uh, Vice President Pence. And uh, for all of our listeners, if you didn't watch it, uh, listen, we're going to give you the scoop. We're going to give you the details. You can watch it yourself. Uh, but we're going we gonna to give it to you rough, rugged, and real. At least I know I am. I'm not going to hold back. It's going to be some elevator music oh, yeah. during this podcast. Uh, so, listen, um, first and foremost, let me just go on and just tell every one of you that are listening, I'm not advocating violence, but I am sick and tired of these lies, just bald face lies. It started out with lies from Pence. And listen, this is not a, a left wing, right wing thing. It's just flat out. If someone asked you today, how do you feel the government, uh, the White House has handled the uh, coronavirus pandemic? I don't think you would think someone would say, oh, we, we, you know, well, we shut down the flights from mm-hmm. China and that was oh. great. And, and that was great, right? Man. I mean, come on, man. Like, and, and then tell me, and then in that sentence with, uh, we put American lives first. Really? really? Like, Which like, ones? Like Which the ones? thing about putting American lives first. And okay, so so I was to a lot of our conversations, if we can be honest, uh, stem from uh, Facebook. Like we pick up a lot of convo from Facebook, just talking mm-hmm. to people, just seeing what our friends are talking about, and then you know, out yeah, in the streets, yeah. out in these streets. Uh, so I was on a friend's Facebook thing and, and he had posted just, you know, he just can't believe just like the rest of us. Like, we're just in shock. Like, how can this stuff just keep happening? People keep making excuses. And some dude came on and 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 just started just started like like throwing out the weirdest. Like you get to a point where you just like this is, you know, like this is the Twilight Zone. And we're all we've all lost the ability to be even civil about it. Like, um. I've noticed that I just have a hard time when somebody gets just so unreal, you know, like, it's just like, where does this come from? Where does this? And, and so, you know, you know, like they're talking about people who care about the American people, but you got a president that he he's got COVID. Now he's got COVID. The president <laughs> has COVID. And, and, and this is the dude that cares about on, the man. American people, but he keeps telling the American people go out, liberate yourselves. Get in these streets, you COVID-infected mother. Like, he's telling people, run around, do this. But you got right. COVID, and not only do you have COVID, and he's telling them, don't be afraid of COVID, but not everybody's going to Walter Reed Hospital. Not everybody's getting that experimental cocktail. Did you see the cocktails that they were giving him to help him get right? And then, Oh, my God. And, and this was oh after, my God. at first, I didn't believe that he had it. I kind of am still kind of like... Don't nobody just get COVID over the weekend and be like, oh, I feel better today. You know, like, so you really don't. Well, well, again, you don't you oh, don't yeah. know what they injected that one of the ones that he wouldn't push at first, like remsitivir. Or I never say the name right. 
And I hear that it's yeah, not really that. even available here like that yet, but he got it. So him, him telling the average person, especially the average Trump voter, um, to go out because Trump voters, a lot of these people, like I'm not gonna say all of them, some of them feel like, hey, it's the economy, and he's gonna, he, you know, we're as long as we're rich and and we don't really have to see the problems that his other policies cause, we're good, right? So, like, but the, mm-hmm. there are a lot, a huge part of his base is a bunch of people who are either poor or teeter tottering on that fine line between we're not poor yet, but we're pretty close. Like, we're, we're, they're we're also uh, largely uneducated, Large. which is why they can squirrel off into some of the things they do with their questions oh. and not hit the point. On. They could say what people want to hear. What do you think about the elections? We're going to win. What? Yeah. But but to people that alien. what? Yeah, it, it's that's the thing. They they really have tapped into what we what is tagged as the underbelly. I'm not saying that those people are the underbelly because you know everybody, okay yeah, everybody is valuable. Uh, yeah. but they have tapped into it, uh, into those that were left behind and forgotten. Yeah, I, I uh. Listen, listen, I'm listen. I'ma put it simple and plain. When this when this I'ma I'ma make it real plain to you. When that man sat up there with his pale face and just sat there and just stared at come out. Did y'all see how he looked at her when she talked about uh women should have uh choice over their own bodies? He looked at her. In a way that I'm just gonna go on and tell you, oh. elevator music. Oh yeah. So I was. I'm just gonna say this. Pence gave Kamala an uh, an evil look. I saw it. He squinted at her when she when she had uh, something to say about. Uh, women having control of their own bodies. And, you know, again, as a man, I feel we have no right really to tell women what the hell to mm-hmm. feel about their damn yeah. selves. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, Nikki, my wife, and nobody, no other woman, my mama can't tell me what it's like to have mm-hmm. nuts. And I'm just going to go on and keep can, it real. Well, I mean, so, I mean, I'm just going to be frank you know, and real about it. I mean, well, if, if you yeah, can, you on some other... You on some other stuff, so you know I'm gonna leave that alone because I ain't trying to make nobody <laughs> mad at me. So, anyway, anyway, but uh, but my point is, don't talk about shit you don't know, you know, which is the whole reason why he was sitting up there spinballing uh, when it came to Breonna Taylor. No, he had nothing to say on that. All he could say was, "Well, uh, well, everybody knows it was wrong by George Floyd," you know. But Breonna I mean, again, you had you better believe it. You better believe it. And he didn't denounce white supremacy. Not, not at not. all. Not at all. No, he's not neither going will, to. That's his damn base. Will. And you know, my thing is, I will say that's that his it, base. Just on that positivity note, I think I've gone back to this several times when I'm about to lose it, like I was during the debate, because I had a real hard time watching the debate tonight. And I've had a hard time watching a lot of this stuff. Um, I didn't. Man, I was sitting up there shouting. But I had it was a great just, time I watching like that Kamala Harris I mean, did, but he I feel was like, kind of putting me. I just, I mean, his voice was like ASMR. That's about the only I would, you know. Yeah, I was yeah. like, man, he's saying some disturbing stuff, but I'm starting to feel so sleepy. Yeah, he's so he's so it's soothing. It's so like I'd like to put him on an app to talk about crab legs and garlic, but no. <laughs> yeah, because that would be that would make me happy. That would be peaceful at least. <laughs> Yeah, somebody oh my gave God. fly Twitter. It's uh, so, uh, it said, hello. did y'all see when I posted I, that? I, and I, I said that to y'all. I said it's a fly. Hair fly at Twitter. Hello, I'm a, I'm the fly sitting on Pence's head. Tweets are my own. His first tweet is so oily up here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to say, y'all know what flies are attracted to, trash or shit. So you just going to make up your mind which one it was, because that fly was so telling. And I don't know if y'all know symbolism or not, but that was symbolism. 
in, man, in all of his glory to me. When like, that fly, you know the irony of this man denying I'm trying to tell you. racism, and a fly is on lands on his head. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Oh my god! And when I saw that, I said, "Baby, baby, that's a fly on his head. A fly's on his head." And she looked at me. I say, "Baby." Flies flock the trash and shit. I mean, they don't land on nothing else unless it's decaying. And if it's they, they damn sure love decaying anything that decays. Yeah. I mean, so what does that tell you? I don't know, but something was wrong with that man. And I, I, that man's eye had an issue going on over there. I don't care what you say. Yeah, I'm gonna sit here and be petty betty tonight. I'm tell you right now, that man looked like Emperor Palpatine was about to come up out of there. Someone has put a great attempt this last thing on my life. I thought lightning was getting ready to come out I'm of his sorry, ass. But the I swear to God. So right I don't. <laughs> the fly Nikki with the updates tonight. Yeah. Listen, man, but to get back on track, this this debate was um it was very telling. It was very um uh very calm. And, uh, you know, and uh, honestly, it was a big uh, difference between the the uh, debates between, you know, Trump and and Biden, because that was just a, a two, three year olds fighting over a cookie match. As far as I'm, I'm concerned, and I, I really didn't even watch that one because I knew it was going to get that because you had someone that loves to act that way. And all you can do with a person like that is just let them throw their tantrums. I mean, because they're not going to control themselves. They're not going to behave. They're not going to stay in, uh, you know, in, in uh, decency and order. Uh, but, you know, um, they raised some very interesting points tonight. Kamala did about, um, you know, um, basically when how do we respect our um, our veterans and our soldiers and everything? They, You know, the thing is, you know, Pence tried to point out his sons that are in the armed forces, which, hey, I think that's great, you know, but black people are in the armed forces, too. And it, and they sure try to make it seem like it's only white people yeah. that this serving this country. You know, I mean, th- that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And they don't say it, but they then so say it. You know, when they speak of patriotism, they never think of it as something that blacks do. Yeah. We've been one of the most patriotic we, races we love America. in this country we in, love America. And that's one in of all time. And I think that people know that, which is one of the reasons that comments like go back to Africa and things like that can, you know, almost, you know, it incense black people to some degree because, you know, why? And then, and then you know, when people talk about, uh, well, you know, why don't black people just, you know, work hard, pull themselves up by the bootstraps if they don't like it here, Lee? How come they can't do how immigrants do? You know, we shouldn't have to live like foreigners uh, and work like foreigners in a land that we built. That's our own, that we were born into at this point. You know, most of us don't have a connection outside of what we mailed in to Ancestry.com, which could be sketch or suspect anyway to any uh to to african um you know ancestry other than what we can see from a dna test and then other than you know because we know it's very difficult for us to even get tribal we may be able to get to a region but we can't get we don't know what tribes we're from and so we have been able to carve out a rich heritage here and so you know this idea that we are not proud to be americans that we are not that we don't have American pride, that we, it's just really, because we ask America to change how it mistreats us. We we really, because in all honesty, right, a lot of what we beg for is not how America treats us. We beg for us to, for them to adjust the mistreatment. You know, we want, okay, we, you know, we want, you uh, you know, just, prosecute with all the things that went on Trayvon Martin even up even in this whole um new civil rights area when you start with Trayvon Martin what most of what we ask for is justice for people that do things against us the narrative 
did not change until the last maybe two, three years of this where people started to say, okay, change how you're treating us, you know, and then George Floyd has really been the biggest impetus with uh, where, where we switched the focus to law enforcement loudly. But the reality is that it's always just been right. do for them right. what you would do for us. If we kill us, we go into jail. This is not the when way other I people kill us, send them this. to jail. We haven't even exactly. addressed like the bias or why they're killing us and all that. <laughs> that just now came into play. Right. So the whole thing is that we don't try to right. disconnect exactly. ourselves from America or patriotism. It is it is the majority influence in America that creates these boundaries and puts up these walls and this othering. And, you know, Bishop, you and I, I think all three of us actually grew up in very similar, predominantly white areas, uh, went to school in predominantly white areas. And we realized, mm -hmm. even we were trying not to see color, you realize, first it starts off in elementary where it's always some honest kids that come from home that totally yep. don't see color but then say hurtful things because yep. color's at their house. Yeah. Then you get to middle Can school. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm yeah. It was colors in their house. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get to It's all right. What what did you what did you do, Adrian? You went and Man, got you another drink or something? You had to on. you had to bounce like, off real quick. This, this happened in the neighborhood before where everybody's like, what's going on? And we all freaking out. And then it turns out that they done done something in the neighborhood. So it's probably what's going on. That's probably what it is. Hey, it's all good. It's all good. No, man, uh, Adrian, we were just saying, you know, it, it, you know, it's very funny and telling when they speak of patriotism, they're not including us. Yeah. And uh, I don't give a damn what you say. Uh, they don't say it, but they, you know, it's already implied, you know, when they speak of patriotism and, uh, you know, they they try to uh, pertain these Trump flags as patriotism. I'm so damn tired of seeing these damn flags around Midland, Texas and Odessa, Texas. You got all these damn tractor trailers out here selling these flags and these dumb ass folks is out here running around buying these flags and, and, and to show their patriotism. And then it's got Dixie flags just right case, next to the Trump flags. Just, just in case, in you, case if you, you couldn't didn't know, make up you your mind, which, which one you needed, you needed to do. I mean, just in case if I didn't satisfy your, you know, satisfy your, you know, your, your, your preferences there, I, I, I got this Dixie flag. We can yeah. always go, go back to the original. You know, because that's what I'm going to call that. You got the you got the, the oh, pseudo uh, Dixie flag, or you can go back to the original. Yeah. It's like KFC. We got the original hot damn chicken, yeah, or we got we got the got damn it. spicy chicken over here now. Everybody, everybody got a uh, spicy chicken. What Nikki was you know? saying is very true. You know, yeah, 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 my, yeah. My shock, you know, when she was saying like how we kind of all grew up similar, and we did, um, to an extent. But I think Nikki did her time in Mississippi. That's why I can. Yeah. Anybody <laughs> live in Mississippi, I consider you I did, did your time. I did my Ooh. time in Mississippi. I don't even time. know how to um, pertain and, and, um, to that. When I was, uh, yeah. when I was little, we lived in Houston in Fifth Ward for Greens Point and Fifth Ward for like my whole time living in Houston. Like, um, and and I was my my world was black. Uh, for most of my, for up until ten years old, we moved when I was ten. The summer after I turned ten years old, we moved to Austin. But my world was black and, and a lot of other. Like, even when we lived in Greenspoint, my, my two best friends were Vietnamese and his, and Latinos. So uh, my two best friends in, in elementary school, mm -hmm. second grade, were Scott Espinosa and Boutran. So, and Froz, my Indian friends. So I, I had more other friends than I had white friends even when we lived in Greenspoint, when Greenspoint used to be kind of like, you know, everybody lived there. Um and then I didn't really realize, right. how, like I think I've told y'all this before, I didn't realize how big a deal it was until I moved to Austin. Like that's when I really was like, oh, I'm other. Mm -hmm. Like when I everywhere else I lived, it was like mm -hmm. everybody. Houston mm -hmm. is such a like people don't really talk about how much of a melting pot Houston is. It really is. But Houston is really a melting pot. Like Houston is is a very uh, diverse, like more diverse than Dallas. I'll even say Dallas is diverse all intents and purposes but it's not the diversity to me when mm -hmm. i go to houston the, the diversity in dallas doesn't feel the same i guess is the the way i can put it after being on these drinks 
Well, there, oh, yeah, there's a re- there's a reason for that. The, the largest but, claim, you know, was it in the 1940s, 30s, 20s, somewhere around there? Dallas had the largest chapter of the Ku Klux Klan. The Ku Klux Klan ran Dallas for. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, they did, y'all. I want to be so serious, but this debate, I can't help it. Oh. Get my fresh off of it. I have so many thoughts. First of all, the slide. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. Oh, y'all heard like the, the fly, fly has a Twitter now. The fly there has a Twitter. There are graphics and everything about the fly. There's pictures of the fly in the hospital bed with COVID. I'm, the fly I'm is out of control. I'm gonna go follow this fly. The fly on top of his head. Uh, it's two of what's the what's the handle, Nikki? Give me the handle. Give the listeners the handle. And the other one is Mike the Fly. Uh, you know what I found interesting? I think probably my one of my several of my takeaways, but one of my overall takeaways watching Kamala Kamala Harris uh, during the debate was like watching women at work. Uh, yeah, it was like watching the majority of women at work and watching probably all the black women at work that uh, where there is this uh, you have to entertain people who are nonsensical, who are talking all over the place often, who are renaming and pivoting and rerouting and not answering questions, but you've got are being rude, diminishing you, and you can't say, you know, you can't do what they do, which is interrupt and steamroll past. You have to say, okay, all right, are you done? Are you finished? You know, throw in humor, throw in smiles so that you're not angry and or bitchy because that's the other word that you get called. Um, and then, you know, but also at times, like, you know, you have to determine to stand up for your your record. And what I saw happen between Pence and the moderator when they were coming at Kamala's work record is he said what he had to say. And then she didn't get the answer back because she was like, wait, I'm going to speak on. He talked about my record. Basically, it's one thing for you to talk about what I might do in this new role. It's a whole nother thing for you to talk about my work. And whether yeah. or not anyone likes Kamala Harris or whether her work is controversial, she's still historical within her own right. She's a female African-American attorney, meaning that she works her butt off, who became the district attorney of the state of California, meaning she doubly worked her behind off. So, you know, whether someone liked her or not, we know nothing was given to her and we know that everything she had to do, she had to do it in the face of if she if she didn't have to fight racism she had to fight misogyny in that type of role a a a female attorney doing jobs that people consider to be a man's job so for him to speak on her track record and then she asserted herself to say no wait one one thing i'm gonna talk about is my work you're not going to rename and rewrite that in front of me. And see, that that uh. can happen at work a lot. A lot of times people will play games and they'll do the passive-aggressive games. And there's a dynamic that's at play. It's like when he put out the alternative facts, then him and the moderator try to steamroll past her. Your time is up. Now, what happens at work is if I leave those alternative facts on the table, it's my agreement with them. And yep. so it's like I'm I, I am letting you that's right. you rewrite that's right. my story and that's a silent agreement. And now when we walk out of this conference room, everybody in here can say what you that's just right. said because I was silent and I agree with it. And in that moment you gotta make a decision. Do I stand up for it? And then when when your pick me gatekeeper comes up like the moderator did and said, Well, it's not your time, you didn't speak, you have a choice. Do I defend do I defend myself and risk angry black woman trope, which could be damaging, or do I let the alternative fact rewrite lay on the table, which is damaging as well? And I think a lot of people, especially at this point in the stage in the game, a lot of women in the workplace have found out either personally or historically by observing the dynamic and knowing other women that are older than them that leaving that on the table is just as damaging as getting any other trope. Yep. So do I want to die a slow death via email for the huh. next six to nine months? Or do I want to go ahead, if you're going to do it, go ahead and pull the guillotine down and do it now. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things. So um, very tricky. 
it, it's a tricky situation. Uh, and, and, and you know what? I, I can't speak on uh, all of the black women across the United States right now on how they have to handle things. Uh, but as far as responsible black men that have families, uh, we also have a, a, a little battle that we have to uh, go through because, you know, we know uh, it's not only because we're also providing as well as many other black women do and have to do uh, for their families. But we also know we are leaders as well and that uh, children are looking up to us to lead. And, you know, if daddy does this, this kind of thing, then, you know, I can do this at school or I can do this, you know, uh, some in some other form of fashion or somewhere I can I can act this way because my dad acts this way. You know, and, and you know, I always say <clears throat> children do not care or listen too much to what you say as much as you think. But they damn so watch yeah. what the hell you do in, in tight situations. And even if they're not in that boardroom. They damn sure know what your attitude was like when you came home, you know, but they don't know what we're facing. We have to make choices on the fly. As you just stated, Nikki, we're sitting there having to battle in our minds whether or not or is this the time that I need to keep it real? OK, or is this the time where I just need to pull this 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 trigger here and say, hey, no, 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 no. This is yeah. this is not what this is. Let's go to make this clear for the record. This is why so many times we have to play the corporate game and do a yeah. lot of emails with time stamping, you know, and, and keeping the keeping the, the receipts, as I like to call it, because, uh, you know, per your last email or per my last yeah, email, anytime we to. start out with that, it's, it's you already know you we got your ass. Person that okay. can so, get somebody's ass right, has to it, get somebody's yes. ass because it, it, it creates that dynamic uh, where you know you're going to be the one asked for your receipts, so to speak. They, they yeah, you will be asked. You'll be asked for receipts. I've counseled, or at least, li and by counseled, I mean done yeah. with every black person when they do, when they counsel, is just sit, that, sit there and let your friend vent to you about what's going on at their job and how it's going down. And listen to the microaggressions that become just a straight up aggression. Like we, my kids noticed that tonight. They were like, Pence never addressed. Oh yeah, Kamala Harris. Like he's like, why is she? Why is he always talking to the moderator in moments when he could talk to her? Exactly. And it's a that yes. It's a disrespect. That moderator. Mm -hmm. That moderator uh, actually donated. Like okay, there's the woman who's over Trump's Medicaid or whatever. His, her, you know that 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 moderator tonight donated uh, uh help to stage like a fundraiser or something for that woman so she's probably that's why when we were watching that like uh one of my old students pointed that out and so she when 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 um she was just like vice president thank you vice president thank you vice president but she wasn't really trying to shut him down when he was going way over his time and noticing that she was he was eating up Kamala's time and it seemed she seemed reluctant to let Kamala Harris have her time back. She did. It it a lot of that was probably because she is like as far as records show, she's donating to, you know, a Trump, somebody in Trump's uh whatever, his his sphere. Uh uh yeah, so mm -hmm. it it was obvious. It I was mean, well hell, you know where they were at. Going on. You know where they were at. Wasn't okay. That hard to stop Mike Pence from getting out his final points. Well, I mean, well, didn't you hear about the, the battle that there was about putting up the plexiglass? I mean, his staff yeah. was fighting and not agreeing originally to the plexiglass. They didn't want that up. I mean, this is how petty politics can get. And, you know, and, and, and to all those that don't know, Politics has never been clean, you know. Um, so when you try to get on uh, Senator Harris's uh, record, uh, you know, the way I look at it now is, you know, she did what she had to do uh, because I have no listen. I have no way of knowing how much pressure was on her. You know, when she was uh, the prosecutor there in L.A., you, we don't know what that woman was going through. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, Black folks should have, black men, black women should have been getting locked up for longer records and sentences 
But did you hear what she said tonight? Was did you hear what she talked about expunging, huge. expunging records? That's huge. That's huge. Uh, legalizing weed. Hey, to some, hey, if that's if that's what got you pepped up, great. Vote. Get your ass out there and vote. Okay, great. I don't care. I don't smoke, but I don't judge those that do. You know, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. You know, I mean, just like I say, never let the drug control you. And when I talk about drugs, that can be anything. That could be, you know, buying cars, buying shoes. That could be playing video games. Anything you put before your damn family and, 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 it's, and it's wrecking your life, you can't control it. You can't go and do without. That's that's what I mean when I'm talking about drugs. So let's just put that plain and simple. So I'm not attacking one drug or the other. I'm just saying anything yeah. that you can't can't control, you can't do with with uh without, you know, for yeah. a long substance amount of period of time. So I mean, that was huge. That was huge. When she when she brought that out, that was huge. And I'm very glad that she fought for her time, Nikki. I'm glad that she she spoke up. Yeah. Uh because she she should have. She needed to. Uh, but she was fighting. She was fighting getting that uh, stereotype. You could tell she she Even was fighting she not being labeled right the be black angry that. woman. You can right tell be, uh, because she did a good job to make sure. To shut I'm the trying to tell you. Unfortunately, you know right. I think um, right black women are the matrix masters. I really do. I think the under uh and then you know black men are like you know they they masters of the matrix as well. I think we are like the chief Matrix masters. I said one day I'm going to go back and watch the Matrix so I can re-familiarize myself with all the characters. But um, I believe if you had characters, it would be like, we're, I think, the Oracle, maybe. And yeah. then I think Black men are probably, what was what was uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character? Uh, 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 Morpheus, maybe. Morpheus, yeah. uh, or maybe we're Morpheus. And then... Morpheus. Because we can see the Matrix and we know it exists and we want to pull other people out of the Matrix but they they want to stay, including some black people. There are a lot of black people that just are cool with the Matrix. Yeah, maybe we're Morpheus and the black men are Neo. I think well, if you, if you Neo, go back to the movie, Morpheus, there was one guy. I think we already be knowing like it's the Matrix. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think they get caught up a little quicker than we do because we see it first. Oh, it is. But, you know, oh, it is. Yeah. But the key, but the key thing, Nikki, yeah, they, are, they not. are not denouncing white supremacy. It is consistent. It is constant. It is a loud screaming of silence when it comes to that. Period. So I'm just gonna go and tell you, they ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? Fuck it them. They ain't worth the damn. They are not for me. They are not for black mm-hmm. people. They are not for you. They ain't for. They ain't for uh, uh, unity. They are all about division. And if you don't make $500,000 plus a year, you ain't shit to them. I'm going to tell you. And no, we're not using elevator music on that. You need to hear this. They do not care about you if you're not making more than $500,000 a year. You just heard Senator Harris tell you Mm -hmm. where the tax breaks are. That just coincides with what I just told you. It makes sense. Okay. They're not going to give you a tax cut if you're you're not not making any more than $500,000 a year. I don't care if you're white, black, Puerto Rican, Haitian. I don't care about your race. It's not about your race. I think every race is loving. Every race is needed. Every race has a purpose in it. And every, every race needs to be included. And where we're at today is... It's not an inclusion for every race. It's yeah. either you get with our white supremacist uh, dictatorship type of views or hell, we don't even see you. And even even Clarence Thomas has a quote that pretty much tells you, hey, you know, Republicans don't go out of their way saying, hey, welcome to black but people. No, they don't because they really don't it, give a damn if you there or not. Tell the truth. You know what I'm saying? I understand how you can be. I understand how black people can be fiscally conservative. I don't understand how I can co-sign on something or an organization that literally, in the case of Trump, he is gassing up people who are preparing to do us harm. Like, these are people who who, who, who yeah. actually invest time out of their lives. They're, this is their job. Yes. It's not like, like we go to work, we contribute in some meaningful way to society. The people that that 
that Donald Trump courts on a regular basis, not on some like weird, like, oh, and then we got these dudes too. On a regular basis, the people that he courts are these people who are out in the woods, out in the boondocks, uh, <laughs> or out in the streets starting these movements, talking about uh, how they're going to get them some mud beasts. He's, 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 he's courting the stormfront people. He's courting. Yeah. He's telling. He's telling white supremacists who just because they somehow act some black dude, some self-hating black dude accidentally snuck into the group. I don't care. Like, I get tired of people trying to show me the one black dude out of a million white dudes that's in something and then try to tell me that that's the reason they're not racist. Just like uh, Pence tried to pull the knife. You know what racist uh, people love to do, Adrian? Love racist people love to take the the one uh, absurdity. Yeah. They they, they they love to take that one and just hang on that. They ain't going to never talk about another damn thing. That's just like when it comes to this damn Candace Owens. When they can find a, a Candace Owens in their life, or if they can find a Candace Owens uh, uh, greater value type of black person, uh, they gon' they gon' they gon' t- hang to that and yeah, see. Well, I got the black friend. She thinks, or he thinks like this. Well, that's fine. But when you look at the, the if you look at the average, that ain't what it is. Okay, just because you found one that don't know what's really happening, that's fine. You found you one dummy in the damn haystack. But when you look over at the majority, see, we got to look at the majority of how this thing is getting handled. That's just like last week. A lot of us black folks, we were oh, asleep. Yeah. We didn't even see it. But Mr. Greg Abbott, the man that can't stand you for the people what? here in Texas. I don't even think it's he like sat there a, well, voter suppression right like in front of us. Black people that don't. OK. Know, yeah. Um, because I'm seeing them. I'm encountering them. I'm, I'm listening to them talk about the I'm holding my vote. Um, well, I'm talking about where I'm at then. God, dog, I wish I had some black folks around here that understood. Because a lot of people around here, Adrian, that, you know, they don't know. They have no idea. It's like, you know, I think one thing, black people aren't anything else that we've learned is survival. And in all honesty, if we're yeah. going to tell the honest truth, some areas, depending on where you are, it requires that you morph to survive. And that's why I say, like, in the school system, the school system tends to, um, this might be a little random, but let me tie it in. When I'm, like, kind of talking to single women a lot and, you know, people always talk about what they need to do and you need to do this to get a man and, you know, you can't be like this because ain't no man going to want you. Well, I I, I disagree. And, and I think one of the, the big problems um, that, when you're really trying to start trying to solve for this dilemma of singleness, so to speak, amongst black women, this disproportionate amount, you have to look at what's going on with black men. And I think that, you know, people talk about, you know, women having strong personalities and being like these alpha men or whatever, alpha, alpha females. And it's not that, you know, they're too strong. I think that is that our system penalizes all the strong males that they probably should partner with are all end up in different places. Because if one thing gets penalized quickly in the school system, it is that type A strong male personality from a black boy. When a black boy is boisterous, when a Mm -hmm. black boy is, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. that, that, uh, you know, snakes and tails and puppy dog tails or whatever, snakes and snails and puppy dog tails. Um, it is criminalized, it is feared. And so, what you have, <laughs> what you end up with later on in life is this disproportionate number of, uh, you know, broken. If they survive it, then they're, they're psychologically broken. And that's why a lot of a lot of uh you know women have have so much issues and stuff. And I know I, I think I'm you know I kind of chopped that point up a little bit. It's not as articulated as I would want it to be, but I think that is a, a huge part of no 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 you no you're doing great to, right to survive. It's a mind thing. It's like uh you have to have a high level of emotional control and emotional intelligence. Um. And then to survive a lot of this, and and that's not innate. That level of like emotional intelligence is not innate in males. 
period it's just not they have to develop it more than we do so so yeah your boys that are like the pick a circle we gonna fight it out kind of men's men in, in in other communities we call them that's the man's man you know that's the boys you know uh, you know we we um in other communities and, and backgrounds they are celebrated for being that way um they're all american you know they're you know they're passionate but yeah. without our uh, community right. they are uh, are criminalized That's right. and so um i know we i forgot where the initial point was going with that um and i think um from whatever i you know divvied off of what you said but i but regardless it's organic and i feel it needs to be said um you know and Oh yeah, so basically, you know, you have a lot of people who no, have, no, no, that needed to be said. That needed to be said. A level of um, I hate using this word, but it is this. We've had to learn when to be and when not to be docile. We call it picking our battles. We call it, uh, you know, it's emotional control. We call it, uh, you know, worried about the main <sighs> thing and all these other things. But the reality is that. We learn early on that the the wrong thing to do is make white people uncomfortable and make the majority in the room uncomfortable. I think D.L. Hughley, what is it that he said? The most dangerous place yeah. for a black man is in the imagination of a, uh, I don't know if he said white person or white woman. But that is, we learn that very true. We learn, we learn it early. That how yeah. Oh, we learned that early. No, no, no. As Adrian pointed out, yeah, as Adrian pointed out, uh, not to cut you off, but as Adrian pointed out, we we learned that early. Right, right. He learned that when he moved from uh, uh, Greens Point uh, of Houston, north of Houston, there to to Round Rock, uh, you know, and we we spoke about this before uh, on on earlier uh, podcasts, but you know. We, we learn these things. We see these things as, as children and it sticks with you because you see what mom and dad did, you know, what they, what they had to endure. They, you know, and as much as our parents, I would like to say at least my parents, you know, I'm not going to yeah. just speak on everybody, but it, my parents, they, they didn't hide things from me, but you know, I was smart enough to, you know, acknowledge yeah. some things or perceive some things, you know, that they didn't think I was watching and seeing, you know, uh, at, at the end of the day, uh, you know, and again, I'm not trying to paint that, that, you know, we had this real, real bad lifestyle or this livelihood there, but there were times where, you know, we had, we had some, we had some tough moments, you know, just, just survive it, you know, dad being the first one, first one fired because he was the last one hired. You know, uh, my dad being drug tested because they didn't think anybody could be that damn happy because he would smile and laugh and 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 you know and joke with them and they were like, "Ain't no way, no any, anyone could be this this damn happy and not be on drugs." True story. Yeah. They 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 drug tested my dad. Okay, as a pastor, they knew he was a, a pastor, but they didn't care. They 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 drug tested him. And and just to see, because I mean they couldn't believe it. And when they found out he didn't have nothing in his system but coffee, you know, I mean, my goodness. At that that point, point. it was Mr. Green, Mm -hmm. Mr. Green. But look what look what he had to go through to be called Mr. Green. Right, right. And I remember seeing that. I also remember the very faces that stared at me when my dad took me to go voting for the very first time. My dad took me to the voting booths, okay, and he showed me this is how we vote, this is how you how you cast your vote, this is what what's powerful, this is what makes differences, this is what makes change, and and the way they were looking at at my dad just like you know smiling, but you could tell it was like hmm you know look at this man, but at the end of the day it wasn't for show or for fashion, yeah, it was just my dad was letting me see. This is what you're up against, buddy. This is this is what it is. It ain't it ain't about, you know, uh picking fights and 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 hanging out and and all this kind of stuff, which is fine. 
if you want to hang out, that's fine. But take care of business. My dad was always about take care of your business first. Take care of your business first. So my, my you know, again, Nikki, um, as you just stated, uh, when it comes to uh, picking and choosing our battles, yeah. our mental health, black mental health, um, a lot of us are going through a lot right now. We're fighting two pandemics, as I've already stated before on other yeah. podcasts, but we are fighting two pandemics. We've we fought pa- a pandemic all of our lives. 45 years for me, okay, as a black man. And now we have one that's airborne and we have a president that sat there and did a, I don't care what you call it, but it was a mockery in the face of me. It was a mockery what he did. Took that mask off and then breathing heavy, by the way, let's not let's not walk past yeah. that. The man was breathing heavy and then walked back into that White House with all oh, people. Man. And if y'all don't know that right White now, people, is, that White I House is a hot people. spot. Thirty-four. That is ridiculous. 34. That's unfortunate. Good God! How many? You know, but what's weird is okay, Jeez. So I not care. If we're talking about black mental health, so y'all have been engaged in these discussions with with people and. So somebody had mentioned, yep. okay, 34 people. The White House has 34 people infected. And this one woman went to, well, um, we just have to pray because there are other places that are hot spots. And, and it's like, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Like, like, why are you why are you dodging the obvious right here? Like, why <laughs> this is obvious. Why that place is a hot spot? Like, the complete and total disregard for the rule. Yeah. And people yeah. And, or social distancing because yeah. the beginning of the White House. Y'all don't believe in masks. Was when he okay. was um announcing his appointment of, of the Supreme Court justice. Or his, you know, who he wanted to push forward. So it was that that was the beginning of the there was no social distancing, there was no mask wearing. Yeah. And then that's what started yeah. the okay, well now we got a mass massive spread here at the White House. Shout out another podcast just because we are so much about education and everything. Listen to the episode of the 1619's podcast where they talk about black farmers in Louisiana. (laughs) It'll make you mad and break your heart. It'll make you it'll make you cry and make you so angry you want to punch through something. And it's just kind of like what you just, just listen to it and Nikki is kind of like along the lines of what you said. They, Man, I'm going to listen to that they, tomorrow at work. They actively work to bankrupt black farms. And and then uh, by not giving them, because farmers, and I don't understand everything about yes. farming, I wouldn't even pretend to. But farmers have to go in for loans that they are that they are good for. If they get things, uh, in, this, in this case, these were sugarcane farmers. And they have to, you know, of course, everything on a farm is predicated by you planting on time and you getting everything done on time so it's ready during the season. And so they had started giving them less money or taking longer to approve their loans and making it taking it longer for them to get to start work on planting the crops. And it's like when you listen to it, it's so obvious what's going down, and squeezing us out. Back to that exceptionalism, because there was a dude who, like, because of this one particular black farmer that they were following, dude who benefited by the way the bank was treating, dude who benefited by the way the bank was treating this black farmer, and I had to lift up my mic. I'm, I'm sure that part's gonna come out muzzled. But there was a dude who was benefiting from the way they were treating this black farmer and then they tried to interview him and he was quite belligerent <laughs> and saying how he had done everything himself and he worked hard but he benefited directly from the way the bank treated this black farmer and it was yeah. like, it is it is amazing to me that uh-huh. and, there was, there, there, uh-huh. and I don't engage in the arguments as often as I used to because I feel like that's a ploy like Discuss this with me, and then I'm gonna basically listen to everything that you say that is a fact, mm-hmm. and then just deny it or act like you're wrong anyway. And so I just am not coded into those conversations anymore. Uh, 
because I feel like that's a ploy. That's a ploy to inflict more trauma on you because they know that that, that you're right and they're wrong. Uh, and, and people want to deny systemic yeah. racism, but it's yeah. everywhere and it's in everything. And that denial of systemic racism, to me, uh, shows just how weak most of these these deniers are. Like they want to say black people are complaining, but it's like, but you'll see something from them, or they'll say something in them, uh, say yep. something to you in a few sentences or two, and they'll be angry about something that is basically a mirror version of the thing you're talking about, and they will be hurt and talk about how that's not fair and that's not this when literally you just told them how systemic racism affects you and affects your family and affects black people. So it's just amazing to me. Like, like, uh, exactly. It is. Yeah, exactly. Nikki. What's, what's, what's the last word you want to leave our listeners with? Because at this point, well, um, I think we're going to go ahead and the main thing I want bow to out, but we've said a lot vote. tonight. Yeah. Vote. Man, we need to vote. Um, early voting in Texas starts next Tuesday, October 13th. I am not waiting in line on election night. Mm-mm. In addition, October I don't want to be on the polls 13th. on election yeah. night because fact of the matter, there was a clarion call put out to white nationalists. Nope. Yeah. I telling them to watch the polls. And just like you had the incident in the Kyle Rittenhouse. Pretty much. Um, you know, I just don't think I think that, you know, black people, people of color need to be careful and vigilant because you know, we tend to think about, oh, it's going to be a bunch of people and it's going to be one person. It only takes one person. So, um, so yeah, vote and then definitely follow like Mike's fly. Mike's <laughs> oh, fly. Yeah. His hair fly. Get some of that comedy in your life because that was golden <laughs> and you just don't want to miss out on that. And um <laughs> If you don't take anything else from these debates, man, you got to take all that black girl magic that Kamala Harris put out there. Uh, She was everybody's black teacher, black auntie, black mama, um, all in one with how she handled and corralled herself in the debates. It was black excellence. It was female excellence. You know, it was true girl power at work. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, I um, those are the words that I have to part with. Um, I'm gonna follow Mike the Fly on Twitter, as well as the Fly and Pence's hair, um, just because I need this type of humor <laughs> in my life, and it's historical. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm gonna lean into the funny part of it because um, it's really not anything funny right now about the next 27 days. So. Yeah. Um, get out and tell your friends to vote. Each one, reach one, teach one. Amen. That's it. Thank you for listening to the latest edition of the Strange Fruits Podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, compliments, or criticism, please be sure to check out our Facebook page and sound off. See you next week.